Good evening, uh, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to this online service. We are talking about a very important topic. Not only we are to enter into the promised land, take possession of what God has uh, designed for us to inherit, uh, to serve Him, but also we are able to stay in the promised land, uh, to con continue uh, the success that uh, uh, the past generation has been uh, has given us so that we can continue to build that holy nation and uh, so Moses has already warned the people when you go into the promised land what are you to do what are you not to do so that you will stay long in that land Joshua the next leader again spoke to the people and warned them. Let's read this in Joshua 23, verse 12 and 13. Joshua 23, verse 12 and 13. But if you turn away and ally yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, and if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, they will become snares and traps for you, whips on your backs and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. So here is Joshua instructing the people, God has given you this land, you have now occupied or in the process of occupying this land. But this is what you need to watch out or else you will be, you will perish in this good land that the Lord has given you. You will lose everything. So we said it's important that we know how to take possession of the promised land, but also, very important, we know how to stay and continue to build in that land. So God's intention was to destroy these nations that, who occupy this, this land of Canaan. And it's not going to happen all at once, when they conquer the land, there will be many who will be driven out during the conquest, but there will be others who are determined to stay. And they will put up resistance. You know, you can imagine the scenario. And uh, the nation of Israel is to drive them out. Because if they don't, because God wants to build that holy nation. If they don't, these people will be a snare, will be a trap, will be a thorn on their side, will eventually cause them to, to fall and, and, and lose everything. You know, that's, that's how serious it is. God, that was God's original intention. And so God, uh, through uh, Joshua, tell them, you are not to ally yourself with them. You are not to form an alliance, some kind of compromise with them. 
and they shouldn't, because they are the conqueror. They are occupying this this land. But sometimes these people they they don't want to continue to to advance to 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 fight. They want to just relax. They just want to enjoy what they they have. So instead of continuing to complete the job, they stop pursuing. And they settle for what they think is good already, and that happens to God's people, isn't it? Sometimes we are we are just content because we see God has done great things, and so we are happy. But instead, God has greater plans for us. God has things for us to continue to pursue and to build, but we stop, and we allow these people, this neighboring nation. To just stay in the land, and we enter into an alley with them, uh, some sort of uh, agreement, cooperation with them, instead of drive them out. And then the next thing they are not to do is to intermarry with them. Once we get well, this doesn't just apply to marriage. This apply to any kind of relationship, soul ties that we enter into. You know, there are people; they have friends. They are not married, but friends, and they have such. These are their good friend, their best friend. They talk with each other. So it's like entering into this kind of relationship. And once you get into this kind of relationship, this is the. We're going to talk more next time. This is the worst battle that that we to to win. In in when when this relationship come into play, people cannot make the right decision. People cannot discern the word of God, what is true and good. They are affected by the relationship, and so they they give in, uh, and and they are being. Manipulated, they are not able to stand firm. So God said, "You do not enter into this kind of marriage, because once you get into this our relationship, it seems like no way out." Okay, right. And then it says, "You are not to associate with them." So this is not the the casual association because you are staying in the the same location, right? How can you not associate, interact with them? But what God is saying, hey, you do not get into that kind of association so much that you are influenced by their culture, you are influenced by their thoughts, and eventually you end up worshiping their idols. Okay, so association, and we know the famous saying: you want to know. What that person is like, you look at the friends that they keep. Birds of the same feather flocks together. So we see this in real life. People who somehow were quite innocent, but once they get into the wrong company, they fellowship with these people, associate with these people. Soon you see the their mindset change, the attitude change. It's so sad, okay. But these these things are playing out. If you want to stay in that promised land, 
These are the things we need to watch out. These are the things the Israelites need to watch out. And then they are not to make covenant. Not to make covenant with them. Look at Judges 2, verse 1 to 5. After Joshua has left, Joshua has died. The nation of Israel, because of their disobedience, God allowed the enemies to come in to, to raid them, to, to, to destroy them. And so God, in His mercy, raised up judges to, to save them, to deliver them. And when the judges is around, the people will, will somehow oblige and obey. But the Word of God is not written in their hearts. These are superficial obedience, superficial worship of God. Hearts not change. The commandments are not written in their heart because once the judges has gone, immediately they go back to their old ways. And the Bible tells us they are worse than their fathers. They do worse than their fathers. So let's read it. The angel of God come and warn them, come and talk to them. The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bokim and said, I brought you up out of Egypt and led you into the land I swore to give to your ancestors. I said, I will never break my covenant with you and you shall not make a covenant with the people of this land. But you shall break down the, their altars. Yet you have disobeyed me. Why have you done this? And I have also said, I will not drive them out before you. They will become traps for you, and their gods will become snares to you. Okay, I think that's enough. So God was questioning these people, why do you do this? I told you not to. Make covenant with them. I told you not to follow their practice, their religious practice. You have to destroy their altars. Why haven't you done it? So, because you didn't obey. I don't break my covenant. I don't ever break my covenant. But because you didn't fulfill the conditions of a covenant, I'm going to allow the enemies to come and destroy you. Right? So, and God says, I will not drive these people out from the land. His original intention is to drive them out. But now, God changed strategy. God changed His plan because He realized He's dealing with a stubborn people who refuse to change. Okay, let's read it. Uh, Judges 2, verse 19. Uh, okay, verse 16. Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of their raiders. Yet they would not listen to their judges, but prostitute themselves to other gods and worship them. They quickly turned from the ways of their ancestors who had been obedient to the Lord's command. Verse 19. But when the judges died, the people returned to ways even more corrupt than those of their ancestors, following other gods and serving and worshipping them. They refused to give up 
their evil practices and stubborn ways. So because God realizes he's dealing with stubborn people who doesn't listen, doesn't listen to the judges, doesn't listen to Joshua. Yes, many times they'll say, oh, we listen, we obey, we... But in reality, they don't. Okay, so God knew that he's dealing with these stubborn people who keep disobeying him. And that's why he changed his plan. He said, I, I leave these nations in your land to be a thorn on your side. To be a snare, to be a trap, to be a thorn in your eyes. And, and if you do not know how to respond to God's dealing and change, you'll be destroyed in the land if you continue in your stubbornness. So they refuse. The Bible says they refuse to give up. They refuse to change their ways, their stubborn ways. So God has to change his strategy in dealing with them. Look at uh, Judges 2, verse 20. Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and said, because this nations, this nation has violated the covenant I ordained for their ancestors and has not listened to me. I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations Joshua left when he died. I will use them to test Israel and see whether they will keep the way of the law and walk in it as their ancestors did. The Lord had allowed those nations to remain. He did not drive them out at once by giving them into the hands of Joshua. So can you see, if you are a stubborn people, a kind of character, you can be prepared. In your life, there will be a lot of troubles. There will be a lot of uh, challenges, problems. And God is the one who sent them or allowed them to happen in your life. Why? Because He wants to test you. Test. You see, I will use them to test Israel, see whether they will keep the way of the Lord and walk in it as their ancestors did. Stubborn people refuse to obey, refuse to listen, refuse to walk in the way of the Lord. And God, in His mercy, allowed difficult situations, uh, problems in your life, in order to bring you to humble yourself, bring you to know how to obey God, submit to God. So whenever you're in that kind of situation, don't blame people. Don't blame the circumstances. You brought it upon yourself because of your stubbornness, your refusal to listen to the judges, to your leader, refusal to listen to God, what God is doing. Right? So let's be clear about that. But unfortunately, when we refuse to obey God and, and we are facing this kind of situation, there are consequences. Okay, we read just now, uh, 
these people will be a thorn in your sight. And if you have a thorn in your sight, you know how uncomfortable, you know how painful it is. And that's what happened with these people in the land. And before we talk about some of these experiences, let's, let's learn, let's explore why they would not want to drive out these people, chase out these people, when God has said they should. Well, first of all, is when they move into the land, when they fight them, they occupy the land. There are people who are stubborn, right? They, I'm talking about these nations. They refuse to leave their land. They have been staying there for so long. Now you invade this land. They would rather die in the land than be driven out. Sure not. There are people like that. And that's why the Bible tells us that you know, uh, Israel cannot overcome these people because they are determined to stay. They are determined to stay. So when you come against uh, this kind of resistance, what happened? If you hold on to the word of God, you know that God wants to drive these people out. You will continue to pursue them. You will continue to, to fight them. You will continue until they are driven out. But if you do not hold on to the word of God and, and you do not know, hold on to God's way, you want easy. You want life to be easy. Why? After all, you occupy the land. You can enjoy the land. Why bother about these people that you have to keep fighting them and, and, and be troubled by them? You know, just leave them, let them stay, you know, and we can enjoy our land. There are people who go for the easy way because they want things easy. Maybe that's one reason they did not drive them away. The other reason is out of human goodness. God said, drive them out. You look at them, oh, so pitiful. Ah, those children, uh, you know. So we, out of human goodness, we have pity on them, but then we don't realize God has spoken. If you do not drive them out, they will be a thorn on your side. They will be a snare to your, to your life and a trap to your life. Are you going to listen to the word of God and drive them out? Or are you going to allow your emotion, your, you know, your human goodness uh, to take over and Reject the word of God. And there are people who leave them in the land for their own selfish reason. Why? Because you remember your forefathers were slaves in Egypt to Pharaoh. Now you are like Pharaoh. If they stay in this land, well, they can be your good hard laborer, just like Pharaoh refused to let the Israelites go. Because who is going to do the work? Who is going to build those cities? Who is going to carry those stones and bricks? So there are people, even though they know God says, drive them out, they want to keep them. 
because they see that these people are so useful. And that's why we, we read this in uh, Judges 1.28. Judges 1.28, when Israel became strong, they pressed the Canaanites into forced labor, but never drove them out completely. When they are strong, they force the Canaanite. That means the Canaanite are not there to serve them. They don't want to serve them. You know, when they are, the Israelites are so strong, they got no choice but to obey. They have got no choice but to serve out of a grudge. What if the Israelites are weak? You know, we go to season when we are weak, there are seasons when we are strong. What if when they are weak? You think they just keep quiet? They rise up to torment them. That's what it means to be a thorn in the flesh. They rise up. If they can, they will drive this Israelite out because this is what they say their land. So, the nation did not drive them out because they really did not take heed to the word of God. They just want easy, they just want uh, for their own agenda. They left them there. And now that God sees that they are so stubborn and they follow these people, God also decided not to drive them out. God changed his plan, his strategy, refused to, to drive them out, to use them to test the nation, to use this, this neighboring uh, people for his purpose, to test the nation, to, you know, so that these stubborn people will learn and hopefully will, will obey God. Otherwise, there's no way. No way you can get them to obey the word of God. So they become a thorn on their side. I told you just now how uncomfortable it is. And uh, stubborn people will need to have that kind of suffering. Uh, that's kind of un uncomfortable situation to, to, to stir them. To cause them to humble themselves. To cause them to know that they need to submit to God and they need to follow God. It's out of God's mercy they do that. So when you're going through that difficult situation, difficult time, as I say, don't blame people. Is it because of your character? Is it because of your ways? That's why you're going through those situations. And you better learn to submit to God. You better learn to obey God because God is testing your heart to see whether you obey but a lot of times we just run away when we face those situations. And he says, these, these people will be a snares and a trap for you. Because of association, because of your relationship with them. You know, the birds that is caught in a snare or the trap, they don't know it. They're just so happy going there, thinking that everything is fine. And then suddenly they fall into that, that trap or, 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 or snare. And that's, that will happen to us in the promised land. If we do not follow God, you know, we allow the neighboring, the environment, the people, whatever, 
to influence us. Initially, there'll be no problem. Initially, we still love God and worship God. But once it trapped us, when we realize that it's too late, you're caught. You know, you're, there's no way out. Uh, some people, they, they, they say, it's okay, I know how to handle this relationship. But once they're caught, there's no way out. They're done. Okay, and then Joshua said, there will be whips on your backs. Whips on your backs. When you are being whipped, that means you're being punished. You're subjected to the person. Maybe you are treated as a criminal, right? So God said, these people will be whips on your, on your, on your back. Instead of you being the conqueror, the victor, the ruler, now you become treated like a criminal uh, uh, and, and being punished. And it will continue until you perish in that land. So God allowed the nations to stay, change the strategy in order to test what is in their heart because of their stubbornness. And then another reason God allowed them to allow the nations to stay is to teach the Israelite how to fight. Because this next generation who inherit the land, they stay in the promised land, not because they have fought the battles, but because their fathers have fought the battles. They are so blessed. And they just move in. They just stay there. They just enjoy the land. But we have to face the reality. We are all in a spiritual battle. The kingdom of light is warring against the kingdom of darkness. You may not realize it, but there is a battle. We learn that. And uh, the strategy of the enemies is to use people who are close to us who are next to us, friends, relatives, family members, Christians, brothers and sisters. That's the strategy of the enemies. And we got to learn how to fight. Everyone. In different generations, the warfare may be different, but nevertheless, we have to learn how to fight if we want to keep the promised land. Look at Joshua, uh, Judges 3, verse 1. Judges 3 verse 1. These are the nations the Lord left to test all those Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. He did this only to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites who had not had previous battle experience. So God left those nations behind to test the Israelites but also to train them, to teach them how to fight. So there's no escape. You want to continue to occupy the promised land, there are constant battles because the enemies will, will want to come to attack you. When you want to expand, there are battles. You need to know how to fight. And... Uh, so, 
we need to learn how to fight, how to stand firm. We are in the world and not of the world, and we need to learn how to deal with it. So this last generation, the end time, in other words, this next gen, the battles you, you have to fight is against yourself, against your pride, your selfishness, your self-interest. You know, that is the, 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 the last battle that the next gen will face in the end time. Let's read about it in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. But mark this. Take note of this. In others, this is certain. This will, this will take place. Mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, trackers, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Even here, it tells you how to fight. You realize there are these people around. Have nothing to do with them because they will influence you. If these are your neighboring nations that live there, like the Israelites, have nothing to do with them because they will affect you, they will influence you. So this is a battle that that uh, the next gen will have to fight in the last days because the Bible tells us many will fall away. Right? Why? Because they are lovers of themselves. They care about themselves. They don't care about the kingdom, the big picture. What they care about is their benefit, is what they want. Lovers of themselves, and, and so on. They are arrogance, proud. They, are, they, they have success. That's why they're arrogance. They think that they, they are so great. You know, arrogance. And they think they can have their way. They can bulldoze their way. Because, look, I'm successful. They rebel against authority, disobedient, ungrateful, disobedient to parents, in others, authority figures, disobedient, ungrateful, rebellious. And they are out to win at any cost. So they, they will betray God, they will betray their friends. Or in the in the in the context of being religious, being being loving God's people. Why? Because they are there to win. What's important is they win whatever they say in whatever they say. So, and that's why they can they 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 can use God, but then they deny God, and they can betray their friends. 
because all they care about is themselves. I like the Chinese translation. Uh, it says, Mai Zhu, Mai Yu. That means you, you, you betray God and, and you betray friends. Right? Lover of pleasure. All they care about is how they feel. What satisfy them. Okay, so they're, they're led by emotion. And, and they, they care about themselves, how they feel. And then they have a form of godliness, but denying its power. So the form of godliness, they will be very spiritual when they talk. You know, you, you know, they will be talking like they are serving God, they love God, and so on. The form of godliness, but denying its power. What they do, what they say, is contrary to what they claim they, who they are. Okay, so this will be the battles that the next gen had to fight in the last time, in the, in the end time, to fight against selfishness against love of self right and so their hearts grown cold and uh, having form of godliness oh they talk spiritual they use god's name but inside is serving self is serving pleasure uh, and uh, they rebel against authority and betray friends Okay, so this, every generation we have our battle to fight. And this is the battle that the last generation will need to face. And the next generation you will need to face. And so, in order for us to not only live in the promised land, enjoying what the previous generation has done and has conquered, you got to rise up, you got to obey God and not allow the environment, the people to influence you so that you follow the ways of the world. You know how to maintain the covenant with God and make sure that we continue to build that holy nation to be that royal priesthood to declare His praises. And so I hope we will learn how to fight, particularly against ourselves, against our selfishness and, and self-love. Right? May the Lord open our eyes through what we're going through. Then we'll begin to see ourselves. Then we'll begin to realize you now some of this arrogance and, and pride and self-righteousness that we have is through, through those struggles. And so when we go through struggles, Let's see God in those problems, what He wants to do, rather than blame other people and, and miss the promised land. We do not want to be destroyed in the promised land. We want to continue to fulfill what God wants in the promised land and let that holy nation be established. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you for what you are revealing to us. And we pray that each one will know how to stand up, stand firm in you, and face the battles that wants to take us away from your covenant, from your plan, from your purpose. And we pray that 
your people will know how to obey you, how to walk in your ways. We pray that we will know how to humble ourselves and submit ourselves to you, that we will not need to go through those suffering in order to surrender. Father, bless your people, I pray. Open our eyes, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, God bless you. We'll see you again next week. Amen.